Craft Beer Radio presents the Craft Beer with Cheese and Chocolate Taste-Off at Sabre 2009. In this salon, there was one cheese, one chocolate, and four panelists. Each panelist was tasked with choosing a beer that they thought paired best with the chocolate and the cheese. The audience then voted on the beer they thought paired the best. The panelists were Lauren Buzeo from Wine Enthusiast Magazine, Christian D. Benedetti, a food and beverage journalist, Greg Cook from Stone Brewing Company, and Eric Wallace of Left Hand Brewing Company. You can find the rest of the Saver Salons at craftbeerradio.com slash saver. Craft Beer Radio is a free podcast available from our website or on iTunes. All right, you guys ready to get started? How is everyone this evening? Yay for Saver! Big deal. My name is Julia Herz. I'm proud to be the Craft Beer Program Director at the Brewers Association. We are the nonprofit trade association that represents America's small and independent brewers. We're out of Boulder, Colorado, and we're also the organizers um, of SAVER. Um, what a small and independent brewer is is somewhat important, so we're going to point it out. They, these brewers, of the 1,545 breweries in the United States... 97% of those 1,545 are smaller producing and independently owned. So they are the ones that are your local breweries, your local microbreweries, your local brew pubs, and, and your regional breweries. And these are the guys that are changing the beer world. And these are the guys why America is now made, known for making the best beer in the world. We don't just make the best, some of the best wine in the world from Napa and Sonoma, but because of American craft beers, we make some of the best beer. And it's amazing things. Um, Brewers Association, we started in 1978. We also have a division, how we started, American Home Brewers Association, which is how I got into it as a home brewer. And um, we published Zymergy Magazine. We put on the Great American Beer Festival. Anyone been to the Great American Beer Festival? Yeah. 46,000 of you go to the Great American Beer Festival every year. It's pretty crazy. And um, we put on the world's largest uh, competition commercially. It's actually a private tasting, similar to what you're doing tonight. Um, It's called the World Beer Cup. And we are the producer of many good websites. My favorite lately is seasonalbeerandfood.org. You guys should check it out. It's the main website out there that um, talks about seasonal and limited release craft beers. And those are the gems of the craft beer world. So it's a great resource, great database in there. And we have um, a lot of people that helped us put this on. The volunteers tonight that are serving to you that aren't brewers in the black shirts, these gentlemen here, they're volunteering to do this, which is a huge deal. Thank you, volunteers, for sure. And Reyes Beverage Group is the presenting partner with the Brewers Association. Reyes was um, key in distribution. you got to keep it all legal. And they have been key in helping us do what we do right professionally and um, to the legal letter of the law. Um, so craft beer teaches us many things these days. Craft beer, um, has anyone heard the term terrier? Or if you're from the product of the public school system, you might say Terrier or terroir is the is the is the proper French pronunciation. That is something that teaches you geography when you talk um, terroir with um, with beer because hops are influenced by Mother Nature. That's what terroir is. So people are talking terroir about beer these days. Um, you know, craft beer teaches us history. Look at the historic beers from England and Belgium and Germany that are now being not replicated but done um, one up or one over again in here in America. I've been learning a lot of geography in studying what I do. I also think um, craft beer enhances our culture. We've got a revolution going on here, kind of one beer glass at a time. And the hook in the link is, to me, why a lot of people are finally catching on to craft beer, is beer and food. That is what tonight is all about. That's what Savor's all about. And that's where a lot of your restaurants are starting to actually say, oh, okay, 
Um, wine is not the only thing that goes with, um, with food. Um, and a lot of people nowadays are, are really um, enhancing what they enjoy because they're getting how craft beer pairs with food. So what I think why Savor is so special, by the way, this event sold out eight weeks ago, which is crazy. And this salon was the second one to sell out, which I'm proud to say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, why this salon is so significant is last year I, I got the privilege I get the privilege to put this organize this hour um, and I had uh, four journalists last year Lauren was one of them and uh, I called last year's salon cross drinking without social stigma and what that is all about is that um, we are trying to out all these cross drinking wine journalists that are all into wine have incredible audiences and really have followings but yet they're secretly in the closet about liking craft beer. <laughs> And that's not a bad thing. Yes. Oh, she's, trust me, I read her stuff. She's out of the closet. But so cross drinkers, anybody want to indulge me? If you see me speak before, you've seen me ask this question. Um, We'll do a little test. Raise your left hand if you enjoy um, craft beer or beer. Everybody. Raise your right hand if you enjoy wine. Keep your left hand up. Raise your right hand if you enjoy wine. Now cross your hands if you enjoy spirits sometimes. See? My cross drinkers. And you're all out of the closet already. So the majority of people are drinking across all three beverage categories. You're not a wine drinker. Don't say that. You're not a beer drinker. Don't say that. You're cross drinkers. And be proud of it, people. It's okay. So what we're going to do in this um, hour together, this taste-off salon, which I think is, is one of the most special um, educational ways that we can share beer together, is we're going to talk about beer and food pairings. I'm going to explain why he was late. So you're not mad at him. We just showed a video out there called I'm a Craft Brewer. We'll let Greg talk about it a little bit later. But um, anyway, we showed the video late, and so Greg had to be there while we were showing the video because it's his video, and it's a great video. So we, we, we started without you, but thank you for arriving. <sighs> Anyway, we're going to talk about beer and food pairing. We're going to meet these guys. And in experiencing the taste-off, the contenders have been given two food choices. When you bought your ticket, you did not know this. You thought it was just cheese. Well, in the conference call, to put this whole thing together, when I finally got the four of them on the phone after, like, three friggin' times trying to get... I mean, their schedules are incredible. They're, they're hard-working people. They're very busy. So we get the conference call together. I present the cheese, which totally got nixed, by the way. And the cheese got changed. And then I opened up the demo process, which was crazy to me, anyway, to be doing, but I did it, and they wanted to add a chocolate to the mix. So they're challenged themselves to go beyond. So they each have been given the task to choose one beer that is to pair equally well with the cheese and the chocolate. And your guy's job, as our taste-off judges, is to choose your favorite beer that paired the best with both of those foods. So that is what you are tasked with. Fine. Now, after you t- the, each of each of the um, the contenders, I shall call them, each of the taste off contenders is going to taste the beer with you. They get five minutes each, five minutes only. I will cut you off, so um, don't be mad at me. And um, then, as after we've tasted all four beers and they've tasted all the other contenders' beers, they each get another minute to state their case, and then you guys will vote, which is great. Um, and the kicker is we're not going to reveal the brands. So you guys are doing a blind tasting. Do you know what a blind tasting is? It's what we do at Great American Beer Festival. It's what we do at the World Beer Cup. You are served it without knowing. You see, you're not influenced by the package. You don't know what brand it is. You don't know who made it. All you're seeing is beer in your glass. And we don't know each other's as well. 
these guys don't know each other's as well. That's what made it so juicy and fun. And actually, I was a little concerned that they might each, some of them might pick the same, but they didn't, so we didn't have any of those problems. So before we start, let's get a sense of who's in the room, besides the fact that we know you're all secretly cross-drinkers. Um, we're going to ask, who's beer beginners? Who's just getting into beer? Okay, it's okay. You can come out of the closet, too. Okay, we got three hands, Laura. Three we're, we're going to remember to say this to the media. Who would call themselves a beer enthusiast? You purchase craft beer a couple of times a month. You're, you're, you're proud of what you drink. You support your local brewery. Okay, so we're going to keep those hands up nice and high so we can count those. Oh, yeah, everybody up front. This is really hard to count. What? Well, there's Beer Geek, but I wasn't going to ask. And then there's Uber Geek. Yes, well, the next... Okay, so if I ask you, who homebrews in this room? Even kind of similar, a little less number maybe, just close to what the um, beer enthusiast was. If you're a homebrewer, you're definitely a beer geek. Uh-oh. But there's no definition of a beer geek. And Brews Association, we, are, we, we don't want to get into defining too many things, so we'll just leave that open. Okay, um, how many members of my family are in the audience here? <laughs> Yay! Okay. This is my mom, by the way. The reason I pointed this out, this is my dad and my brother, my sister-in-law and my stepdad. I point this out because the deal is, does anyone think D.C. has a decent beer culture? I'm from D.C. Hell yeah, you guys got a good beer culture. And the reason that it's so important to bring this up, I went, grew up going to the Bricks Geller when I was like seven years old, eight years old. And my brother had a beer can collection. And so my parents would drag us there, because it was a Sunday, and we needed to go into the Brick Skeller and get my brother beer cans, which made me feel slighted, because we weren't doing one of my hobbies. But regardless, from an early age, had to get the dig in. From an early age, I was interested in the packaging of beer and the like. And it all ties back to what's been going on in D.C., and why we have Savor here. And so we have DC, Savor. You could pick any city, but D.C. is a very relevant, appropriate city for us to have Savor in as its second year. So I'm real excited to be here. How many people from D.C.? Yeah, so a bunch of you came in from out of town, which is just great. So about half the room. Okay, so Savor being the premier beer and food event in the United States. We talked about um, beer and food pairing, but I mean, I just got back from the National Restaurant Association show where they talked about the fact that um, beer and food is the new trend at the dinner table. They literally had a talk entitled that topic. When the main show in the United States for all the restaurants has a topic on their agenda with that title, that means it really has arrived. There's a lot more work we can see done on the restaurant level, but the restaurants are starting to get it. Um, So here's the deal. Today's American cuisine... What's American cuisine? And Jim Cook does a really good job from Boston Beer explaining this. It's Mexican food. It's Ethiopian food. It's Asian food. It's like Thai food, Indian food. All of those foods have a lot of spice. They have good fat and richness. And so beer, craft beer especially, does a really good job with matching it. Um, wine, by the way, does an incredible job of contrasting with the foods it's paired with. Why is that? Because of wine's acidity. The acidity in wine balances the sweetness from the grapes. Well, the hops in craft beer balances the sweetness from the malt. And so beer kind of picks up where wine leaves off. 
wines contrasting, beer can both complement and contrast, and that's a beautiful thing. I am a student of a new program called the Cicerone Program. This program is the beer world's version of the Sommelier Program, and this program has the first place I've finally seen in writing, um, in, in even expanded versions of what the Brewers Association has done, on what's fundamental about beer um, and why it pairs so well with food. And it goes over three points that I just want to share with you guys because we're prepping you all to be the judges tonight. Point one is malt. I mean, beer from malt, the sweetness from malt soothes heat. And that's, that's the bottom line. Malt does a great job of soothing the heat in beer. And it also, malt, if you think about it, harmonizes so well with so many foods that are grilled or smoked. I mean, the flavors are really, really matching well with malt. And then the um, second main ingredient of beer, hops, I mentioned, but bitterness of hops does cut through the fat, and then it also balances the sweetness of malt. So that is a fundamental um, reason why crap beer particularly does so well with food. Then the third element in beer that's important that ties it in with food so well is the carbonation. When you enjoy um, a fermented beverage that's carbonated, or even a beverage that's not fermented but still carbonated, it scrubs your tongue, it lifts the fat of that, off that tongue, and it gets it ready for the next bite. So those things come into play. And by the way, there's many beer styles that offer acidity if you want them. I mean, some stouts and wheat ales have it. You've got Flanders red and brown ales. You've got gooses. You've got lambics. So beer and wine, de- I mean, beer definitely offers acidity just like wine does. So... What I want to make sure is that you, when you're judging tonight's taste off, you're asking yourself um, uh, another standard. Did the um, pairing, was the food with the beer matching strength with strength? You want to make sure that one doesn't overwhelm the other. That's an important fundamental question you should ask yourself. And you're looking for those harmonies and links of flavor. Let me give an example of harmonizing in flavors. Take stout and take chocolate cake. You've got what's going on, those chocolate flavors in the stout, and then the malts, uh, sorry, cho- yeah, chocolate flavors in stout too, but in the cake. And the malts in the stout are going to give you roasty, toffee, coffee flavors that really link and harmonize with that chocolate cake. Great example of a contrast, by the way, is IPA, India Pale Ale, with blue cheese. That bitterness from the IPA is going to um, contrast and cut through the fat of the blue cheese and also work um, well to uh, contrast some of those earthy, moldy flavors. So two good examples for you guys. So you're going to ask yourselves, what's the most balanced? Let me introduce our two foods, then we're going to get to our contenders because they got a lot to say. Our chocolate, by the way, I should have said this way in the beginning, don't eat anything. Don't touch your bonbons yet. Don't eat anything. So this is Kendala bonbons from Chihuahua Chocolatiers. This is a macadamia nut praline chocolate chocolate that's spiced with smoky chipotle. They're out of Southern California. They're two brothers from Venezuela, and they are um, considering this chocolate a dark chocolate. Um, and any of uh, our contenders can definitely talk about their experience when, when they were sent this. And then our cheese is a Maytag Blue. It's also being served out in Savor today. That Maytag Blue is a very well-known family of cheesemakers out of Iowa. And its name Maytag is very relevant in the craft beer world. Anchor Steam, um, Fritz Maytag, started Anchor Steam Brewing Company. And uh, out of San Francisco, they're here this evening. And so other family members actually own um, the Maytag... uh, um, company that makes the cheese. This is a cow's milk cheese, and they say that they age it longer than most blue cheeses, and it is. It's a really complex blue cheese, so that's going to be a fun one. So, okay, with all that mouthful, are you guys finally ready to meet our contenders, you think? All right, cue the music, please. Better work. 
Just give me a minute. Here are the thrill seekers. Corrupt and immoral. There's a series of questions. Then you guys can throw out one or two if we have time. So keep your answers as funny as possible. This is important. I'm going to start with Christian. Christian, you're going to each answer the same question. Christian, what is your title and describe what you do professionally? Uh, I'm a writer and I, I write for magazines and newspapers. Uh, and I like to make sure that I'm always drinking beer. Should I put this over here? Okay. There we go. Clink, clink. Um, I'm from Oregon, and uh, I'm a freelance writer, so I write for a lot of different magazines and uh, try to stay as busy as possible. And he had two hours of sleep because he had to leave his apartment last night, and he barely Uh, made it on the train. this morning, actually. Oh, you slept too. Yeah, so he's had a rough day. We should be nice to him. But anyone um, get Food and Wine magazine? Excellent, excellent. We, that's one of our giveaways. So in the back of the room, you can have lots of goodies before you leave. And one of them is this food and wine. They sent it. The food and wine issue, um, June issue, where Christian featured and Stone's in it. Um, an incredible full feature on craft brewing in the San Diego scene. And that's a huge, big deal. Food and Wine magazine is cross-drinking, I think. So um, Two okay. words. Rock on. <laughs> Okay, Eric, please, um, what do you do professionally? What's your title? I'm the Eric Wallace, president of Left Hand Brewing Company. What do I do? I make all the different parts of the, the company talk to each other. I'm the chief landscape technician. I you know, keep everything growing in our dry climate. And um, I, as Chris, I try to drink beer all the time. Greg? Greg Cook, CEO, co-founder of the Stone Brewing Company in Southern California, San Diego. And uh, what it is that I do, I have no idea. I know I write the crap on the back of our bottles. That's my job. Only I can say it that way. I, but, done. Nobody else can use that word. Oh, it's great. It's great crap. Great. <laughs> awesome. Greg's, his hand is in many hats. He's, he's um, 
very uh, exposed lately in the media because of their not because of his personality and the beers that they're making for sure. And that I am a craft brewer video you should check out at IamACraftBrewer.com. It's five minutes on what this entire industry is about. It's an incredible video. He just gave the keynote um, talk at the Craft Brewers Conference, which is 2,000 crazy brewers that we brought to Boston a month ago. And um, boy, were they fired up after he talked. And he played the video at that talk. That's where it got released. Okay, Lauren, what is your title and what do you do? I am the Assistant Tasting Director at Wine Enthusiast Magazine. Uh, <laughs> in addition to trying to drink beer, I also drink wine and pretty much anything else that floats across my desk. <laughs> um, my job is basically playing with bottles of assorted alcoholic beverages all day and taking trips to visit the people who make them. So don't have much to complain about, and I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> right on. Okay, Christian, what was your beer and food pairing aha moment where you realized, wow, beer goes great with food? <laughs> um, let's see. Could have been... That's a tough one because there's so many. Um, I was thinking about this on the way down here today. It might have been in college um, a few years before my 21st birthday, but uh, I tasted... Uh, I'm from the Northwest. I'm from Oregon, and I went to college in Washington State, and I'm sure a lot of you had Red Hook... Uh, before, but back in 91 or 92 when I first went to school, it was a pretty new beer for a lot of people, and I, I drank that with a, uh, a perfect, perfectly made pastrami sandwich, and uh, I definitely had the aha moment, so uh, a nice beer, a good sandwich, pretty, pretty perfect together, so, but, nice. you know, I, you could just go on and on, there's so many. All right, Eric? Oh, I was trying to find out, you know, that epiphanal moment, but it it's a, a little bit longer, drawn-out explanation for me because I, I grew up in Germany, and you know, basically the beer is present at almost every public event, along with traditional foods anywhere you go in Germany. So I was I moved there when I was 14. I moved home when I was 17, and by then I was already beer aware. Um, we, we drank beer after every soccer game in my village. Um, so I spent seven years total in Italy and a year in Turkey, and that really opened up my mind to to culinary knowledge and experience. So now I had the basis for food. I had the basis for, for beer. And um, as I moved back to the States, I got out of the Air Force and moved back to the States in the, in the mid-'90s and uh, started a brewery and, and really started paying a lot of attention because in, in Italy, what we were having for dinner would impact the wine we would choose. And I was, I was broke. I put everything I owned into getting a brewery started, so we were drinking a lot of our own beer. So it's like, what beer goes with what food? And that, it really kind of started, started slowly. There was no shining light from heaven. Oh! It just kind of, it just, it kind of slowly evolved, you know, starting 15 and a half years ago for me. Excellent. Greg? Well, uh, I discovered that there was such a thing as amazing beer, um, in the late 80s, and I'm a very hedonistic person when it comes to food and drink. I just like what I like, and while I really enjoy getting into the nuances and all the minutiae of the flavor profiles and the hints of this and the taste of that and so on, uh, ultimately, when I make beer and food pairing decisions, I mostly just pick the beer that I want to drink at that time, and I pick the, the dish that I want to eat at that given moment. And invariably, my senses will lead me in the correct direction naturally, and the, the, the two will pair very well. 
the great thing about beer and food is that it is functionally it's easy. You can have a really great pairing very, very easily. Where in the world of wine and food, you have to actually, I think you have to be more of an expert to get those pairings that really sing. And that's the beauty of it. You can approach beer and food from a completely hedonistic perspective. Now, I like being sort of an expert as well. And as I was trying to motion earlier, and Laura, maybe if I can use you in a minute to go to my booth and get these DVDs that I forgot over at our booth at number seven, or somebody could go over there. I have a DVD we just printed up, and it's got the beer versus wine episode where I challenged a sommelier at a fine dining restaurant. He paired up beer to go with each course. I paired a beer, uh, excuse me, I paired a beer, he paired a wine with each course, and then the, the audience got to pick which was their favorite to a six-course meal. And these things are, are really fun to show how beer can be in the culinary world. Lauren? Uh, yeah, in terms of aha moment, I guess it was one of my first beer dinners before I really got into beer at Wine Enthusiast. Um, and I had an oyster on the half shell paired with a black lager. And that was just so unfathomable to me. I never really thought that that combination would ever work, but it was just the most sublime pairing I had ever had at that point. And from that point on, I realized that forget these rules, forget these stigmas that are, like Greg was saying, so closely attached to wine and food pairing. Beer is so open, it's so fun, and it's all about just doing what's right for you. And I'm down with that completely. <laughs> nice. Okay, where'd you guys grow up? Christian? Uh, I grew up in Oregon, and uh, which uh, is a great beer state. And um, if anybody's ever visited there, there's a, a lot of wonderful breweries. So um, in high school, I, I got in trouble at my school because I went to uh, like a, a day school, like a boarding school, which was kind of conservative. But I got so into beer and I had four older brothers uh, that, I, you know, they kind of introducing me to good beers and things like that. And I started a beer T-shirt collection, which did not go over very well with my, uh, with my, uh, with my school. And they actually asked me to stop wearing the beer t-shirts to school Rampant. because I was about five years underage. But um, anyway, Oregon, great place for beer. All right. I, Greg was haranguing me because I, I brought a list. But I, I was an Air Force brat, and, and then I was in the Air Force. So here it is. Listen carefully. Memphis, Cincinnati, San Angelo, Texas, Frankfurt, Germany, Cincinnati, again, when my dad was in Vietnam, Key West, Florida, Tokyo, Japan, Colorado Springs, Machenbach, Germany, near Ramstein, Las Vegas, Nevada, Colorado Springs, a little bit north, up at this place called the United States Air Force Academy, Ocean Springs, Mississippi, Aviano, Italy, Elmada, Turkey, which is a mountaintop south of uh, Ankara, Verona, Italy, and then back to Longmont. Yeah, that's great. Greg? Uh, I was born in Southern California in Orange County, but uh, when I was four, I grew up, I moved and grew up in a very small town, Ohio, um, outside of Columbus, Central Ohio, and then uh, Pataskala, Ohio. And uh, then I, I moved back to uh, Southern California in 1984. So I've been uh, back in SoCal since uh, 84. All right, Lauren? Wow, I have no funny stories or anecdotes on this one. I'm from Westchester outside of the city in New York. <laughs> and okay. I've been there forever. <laughs> Excellent. Last question for me. What beverages are in your refrigerator at home right now? Uh, that's easy for me. There's absolutely nothing in my refrigerator. <laughs> it's all, all the beer, though, is in, in safe hands. I had to... Uh, 
break out a few cases to a lot of different friends who I'll be visiting really soon. <laughs> and I have a few cases in storage, too. But fortunately, the U-Haul is an air-conditioned storage unit. So uh, I think my beer is safe. Good planning, it sounds like. Eric? Yeah, I got the email, so I went in and did an inventory of what I had in there. <laughs> so, I, I have a list. Uh, there was Sawtooth. Uh, several of them are beers, obviously. Sawtooth Ale, our, our Pilsner. Um, Polestar Pilsner, Blackjack Porter, bottle of Orval, a bottle of Bam Noir, a bottle of Narkia, which is a Swedish beer, Imperial Porter, and uh, several, like multiple bottles of all kinds of random homebrews, pumpkin beer, there was several stouts and God knows what else. I didn't go through all of them. And about a quarter growler of Warrior IPA that I intended to finish before I came out here and it's still sitting in my fridge. How big is that fridge? <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good sized fridge. It's, it's our kitchen fridge. No food. Greg? Um, I I have uh, four fridges that I have my beer collection spread around, uh, including, well, actually not including our cold box at the brewery, which is 8,000 square feet of refrigerator. Um, But it's it's all specialty beer uh, and kombucha. All right, kombucha. Lauren? Okay. Uh, Being that the season has finally started to change, at least in New York, I don't know how it's been here, but it's finally starting to get warm. I've got a whole bunch of wheat beers. i got St. Bernardist and uh, Allagash White, and one of my personal favorites, the Southampton Double White, which is a fantastic white. Yeah, Southampton's doing great things. Okay, well, it is time to do our blind tasting with our judges. So Christian's going to taste first. He gets five minutes. Anything goes, but don't tell him the brand. And uh, have at it. Okay, thanks so much, Julie. I want to say, you know, thanks for inviting me. I'm I'm really excited to be here. I haven't been to an event like this before. So I hope I I don't embarrass myself in any way. (laughs) But uh, it's great to be here, so... And it's nice to be up here with such esteemed company. Um, as far as beer goes, and the beer that I picked for tonight, um, it was really, really difficult. All of us, I think, probably had the same experience. Very difficult to choose a beer uh, that goes with not only uh, you know one excellent world-class cheese, but also a spicy chocolate. And uh, but I think that it was a really fun project to try because who doesn't want to sit around? and drink beer and eat cheese and eat chocolate. <laughs> and you know what? I want to make sure everybody understands. I should have prefaced this. We're drinking from left to right. Christian's beer is on the far left. It's one of the darker ones. And also, your bonbons that you haven't touched by now, hopefully, you have to stretch those. So one bite per a bonbon per beer. If you have two bonbons, that means four beers. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into the, you know, the, the experience of drinking this beer. I would like everybody to pick it up and give it a little swirl. Um, one of the great things about interesting beers is the way they can smell and surprise you. And uh, give this one a whiff. What I get, off it, uh, get from it right away is, uh, is something that speaks to me as someone who likes dessert. And both of these, um, this chocolate and this cheese, you know, the, the, as soon as we got into this, I'm thinking, you know, what could be better with those things as dessert than a beer. You know, I often have a beer for dessert anyway, so you might as well combine it with some other fun things to try. And as far as when I smell this beer the first time, which I actually just recently tried it, it gave off a very faint kind of dusty cocoa smell, which which I thought, you know, well, that's very interesting, but the beer itself has a lot of different flavors. Um, it's got a very yeasty nose as well, and I find that really appealing. 
Uh, it doesn't give off a lot of really overpowering odors, but kind of a faint earthiness. So um, go ahead and give it a try. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been able to taste the cheese and chocolate, but dig in. Don't be shy. Get your hands dirty. And a great way is just to go back and forth. Try your beer fresh, then try your food, then go back to the beer. Just a good way to kind of get the beer. You get a, a calibration of what the beer tasted like without the food. Then you go with the food. Okay, that's the first beer I've really uh, tried today, and it's tasting pretty good right now. Um, anyway, when I, when, I, when I taste the beer, um, you know, the things that speak to me in this beer that are so good, it's very silky. It's very smooth. It doesn't have jagged edges uh, or extremities of flavor that... that um, on its own, but together with the cheese and the chocolate, I find that it's very complementary. There's some acidity in the beer, uh, which comes from the malt and uh, the you know and, and the ro- and the, the roasting process of, of giving it this nice color. Um, you know, one of the things about Maytag Blue, which makes it such a wonderful cheese, is that the creaminess, the the backbone of this cheese is just massive. It's a very rich cheese, but it also has, you know, thanks to the mold and the cheese, a, a, a very earthy acidity. So, uh, and that's also true of the chocolate. There's some acidity in chocolate, and particularly with this one, um, you know, the spiciness on the very back end of the flavor. Uh, so I found that, you know, I picked this beer after a lot of del- deliberations, but I found that it accentuates the, um, the there's, there's a sweetness in the malt. Uh, a bit of a cocoa flavor, a roasted flavor, and a bit of a kind of a biscuity, almost like a like a cookie that you might have after dinner with dessert. That really complements um, the sweet flavors in the cheese. But then I find on the finish, there's actually some hot hop, hoppiness to this beer. And in a lot of dark beers like this, sometimes you don't get a lot of uh, tangy, uh, crisp hop flavor. And to me, this beer, although I don't know exactly what's in it. Um, has a nice, dry, spicy finish. And I'm kind of a hophead. I love hoppy beers. Uh, that's maybe being from Oregon. We grow hops there. I'm actually growing hops on, uh, was growing hops on my deck until I moved, but now they're at a friend's house, and I plan to <laughs> steal them back when they reach maturity. But anyway, you know, uh, going back to what Lauren was saying, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. If it tastes good and you enjoy it, then have another. And that's what I wanted to do the minute I tasted this beer, particularly with the cheese and the chocolate. And it made a really nice dessert. So um, without going on too long, I'll leave it at that. Perfect. Four minutes and 30 seconds, too. Okay, we are going to move on to the next. Eric? All righty. Yeah, um... I sat down and, and tasted this, this cheese with several of, uh, several of the people in the brewery. And uh, just my, my comments and notes on, on the cheese, uh, I don't, I'll try not to duplicate too much of what Chris said, but you know, very creamy, very big, luscious. The mold um, gives it quite a bit of, of bite, and it's got a little bit of heat going on in it also. And then you've got that tingly tanginess coming from... from it's, it's kind of an acidity and, and a little bit of nutty flavor in there. So, um, to me, this was the easier of the two pairings, I thought. Um, blue cheese is a fairly, fairly classic one, and then Greg threw us this crazy curveball with this weird chocolate. <laughs> but we were all game. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. That's going to be a bitch. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and we get to eat cheese and, and, and you know, chocolate and drink beer. So um, the, the beer I chose is, is, a, is a fairly, fairly large Fairly large beer. Um, swirl it around. Give it. Give it. Give it a smell. You're gonna. You're gonna get some smoke. Um, so it's a very roasty, smoky brew. I think the 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 beer tempers some of the blueness, some of that mold um, in the cheese. So it, it kind of knocks down some of that intensity. You know, we're talking about intensity balance, and I was looking for something fairly intense, um, so that the cheese didn't overwhelm the beer. Can you hear me? Am I? Is that loud enough? So, using some of that smoke and roast to temper to temper the the blue the blueness, and then using the alcohol to cut some of the fat to, to try to make it make it blend nicely. And I and I think that smoke I, I wrote down here I was a little poetic. I, I must have been tasting some beer, but you know enough alcohol to cut the fat. The smoke in the beer dances beautifully with the blue mold. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when you start drinking lots you should of beer. Start writing some notes. And then um, the, the the roastiness in the beer, I think, complements that that kind of the nutty nutty character, and some of the medicinal qualities that you're getting out of the cheese too. So, excuse me while I make sure that I wrote the right thing down here. <laughs> You've got an extremely complex cheese with a lot going on, and I thought that I needed to bring an extremely complex beer to, to match up because um, you've got multiple elements playing in different ways on different levels um, flavor wise all the way through so and that's a little thing on the, the general philosophy I grew up drinking a, a lot of beer in Germany and then a lot of wine in Italy and if you take nothing else away from this um, beer has so much more flavor range than, than wine I'm tired of going to slow food events. I've been in slow food for a long time. And seeing all these wine geeks look at me like I'm some kind of pedestrian beer swiller. You know, oh, beer and chocolate? That sounds disgusting. It's like, no, wake up, woman. You know, you have no idea what you're talking about. So I just Wait want... a minute. I, well, it, it was this, this woman looked at me like I was like a caveman. You know, I'm, I'm just sorry. I was really, really, I, I was as polite as I could be without cussing her out. So, so if, if you take nothing else away, we just, we're working with so many ingredients and so many variations. And it's such, it's such an art form and alchemy and science that, uh, you know, I want everyone to just at least walk away with that. I have nothing against wine. I love wine. You smash some grapes, they turn into wine. Beer is far more complex than that. All right, don't hate me. You good? Okay. All right, Greg. Well, being uh, third in the lineup here, I have to really compliment the the first two with their very noble stabs at um, coming up with with winning pairings. And uh, each each one of these has unique uh, attributes that they bring to the, the the flavor profiles and the the interplay. But, you know, along with being kind of on the hedonistic side, as I was mentioning, I also like their break from convention. And one of the most commonly held conventions when pairing 
beers with chocolates or beers with desserts is the automatic, you know, knee-jerk, let's, let's pick a dark beer. Let's pick a beer with some roasted malts and some chocolate overtones and some coffee overtones. Terrific. They work really, really well. I thought that the smoked beer, actually, I think it worked very nicely. Both these beers have worked very nicely. But when you get into the beer that I picked, it opens up a new world, a new set of perspectives. Let's experience this together, shall we? Okay. First off, this pairing isn't for everybody, and I accept that. You need to embrace uniqueness and difference, and it's okay for not everybody to get the right answer like I did. Because we look out there in the world, and 90, 95% of the people don't get the right answer on beer. So, hmm. I just think about the, the way these interplay. Notice the saltiness in the blue cheese and the way that it actually seems a little bit accentuated with the beer. With the two previous ones, where the roastiness really kind of... Uh, kind of squashes it. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to use that word, but that's a good... Actually, that's not bad. It's her word. But wait, squash it like a little bug. Um, no, seriously. Well, well they, they actually brought it down and, and mellowed it out. The This beer that I chose kind of brings it out and brings it to the forefront. It really has a nice interplay. When you come to the chocolate, in this uh, Candela chocolate, which I had the advantage of being already familiar with, and we sent it out to these guys, and they got uh, samples, and they got to pair it, and agreed to use it. It's got that spice to it, as well as the citrusy character, and there's a lot of citrus in this beer, so they kind of really just lock together, and as my friend Garrett Oliver says, when he talks about pairing beer and food, he looks for flavor hooks. Look for flavor characteristics that are the same sometimes, and, and watch them, how they just kind of, it, it creates this link between the, the beer and the uh, and the food. And in this case, they just they just dance together. It's almost lockstep in this beautiful waltz across my palate. And um, all of you that have really refined, educated, and nuanced palates <laughs> will agree. Um, and and by the way, not to uh, not to curry favor because I don't need to with this pairing. It, it speaks for itself. I do have a copy of the DVD for everybody. Make sure to get a, a copy. And it's got the... You'll, you'll, you'll have a particular interest in the beer versus wine episode that's on the DVD, the, the, what I described earlier. I don't want to give away the ending other than um, <clears throat> beer one. <laughs> well, yeah, you can clap at that, definitely. Four um, minutes and four, 55 no, seconds. No, you were great. You were great. And actually... I know that. Eric, before we go on to Lauren, one thing I didn't uh, make the, the format aware. So Eric didn't talk about the chocolate. So we're going to give him a chance to talk about the chocolate, and then we will go to Lauren. Yeah, I was getting carried away on my rant. And I thought we were doing the cheese and then the chocolate. So my, my bad. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I don't need a whole lot of time to talk about that. It's a really, it's a really cool chocolate. Um, the macadamia nut, for me, really jumped out first. All that, all that nuttiness. You've got that crystalline, sugary, praline thing going on. And there's a little bit of heat 
A little bit of heat on the tongue. You got to go back to my, the number two beer. So go back to the second beer. So um, you drank it all? Oh, too bad. <laughs> but if the heat was really subtle, but when you drink the beer, then it, it accentuates the heat. The alcohol, alcohol tends to f- push heat higher. And um, like the higher, higher the alcohol in the beer, the, the more it's going gonna, it's gonna to kick the heat up. So the, that slight heat on the, was, was very subtle. And then the, the chocolate actually dries the beer out. So you take a bite of the chocolate and then um, taste the beer. Obviously, relative to one another, the chocolate is far sweeter than the beer. So you taste the beer first, and it's, it's got a lot of sweet, um, rich, malty flavors in there. But once you add the chocolate, then it, it tones it down dry, and the chocolate then accentuates the roastiness and the smokiness in the beer because it dries it up. So it, 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 plays, it plays quite differently than it plays with the cheese. Um, the, the smoke to me is, is one of the key elements though because it's got that nice dry um, dry flavor in there working, working all the way through. Do we get a chance to follow up at yes, any point? Okay. Pass. I'll totally get, I'll be just fidgety until then. I'm waiting to say something. It's really cool. Yes. I'll wait. Okay. So, all right. Sorry, sorry to mess up. I didn't read the instructions closely enough, but now. You're good. On to Lauren. Don't be defensive. You're fine. It's totally cool. We you love know you. I was going to thank Julia for putting me after this one because I didn't know how I was going to follow that, but you totally saved me. So, thank you. <laughs> um, so, my pairing is obviously the last one that we haven't had. Uh, Julia said before something interesting that there are sort of typical pairings that people go to, i.e. chocolate with a roasty stout or IPA with a creamy, fatty blue cheese. It's not surprising that we see examples of that here. Um, If anyone was here last year, they know that I sort of like to think a little bit outside of the box. Uh, I like to go a little unconventional and a little less mainstream and maybe pick some styles that you might not be so familiar with and sort of, you know, introduce some new things to you in terms of food pairing with beer. Uh, So this year with the Maytag Blue and the chocolate, I decided to go with a Flanders-style sour brown ale. All right? It's fermented with wild yeasts, and it has cherries, and it's aged in oak. All right? So starting with the blue cheese... This is heaven, all right, so get ready. With the blue cheese, it's absolutely perfect. The high acidity of the beer cuts right through the strong, creamy, and high fat content of the cheese. While the flavors of the beer and the cheese play off of one another and bring them both to a new level, as opposed to mellowing or overpowering one another. You'll, yeah, instead, no squashing going on here whatsoever. <laughs> um, I'm not, a, I'm not really a big fan of pairings that just blend and, like you said, squash things together into just one new thing. I want every little nuance and every little flavor and component just accelerated and amplified to that next level where you're just getting everything. If anyone's seen Ratatouille, there's that part where he says to close your eyes and then he sees the pow and the bang and the whatever. That's what I'm going for here. I want to taste everything that the beer and the food has to offer. So you go to the chocolate, and again, it's the same thing. 
The chocolate has um, those little praline pieces in it, which adds a whole other dimension of texture. All right, so you're not just getting creamy fattiness, you're getting a little bit of crispiness. Uh, there's also a little bit of, the, like I said, the cherries is in the beer, so you get a nice fruity component going along with the chocolate. I think that, um, it, you know, they play beautifully into the cocoa flavor. The ch- cherries play perfectly into the cocoa flavors of the chocolate. And uh, it's refreshing. It's complex. Um, sh- there's a lot going on. If you pick up some things and not everything, you know, everyone's different. You're going to like something. You're going to dislike something. But there's a whole lot going on for you to dig out of this pairing. Uh, so that's basically it. I, I mean, again, I really wanted to show something different, something that maybe people aren't so familiar with how to pair this particular style with food. And I think this just perfectly shows that high fat, you know, really rich foods go really well with this style. And the acidity, the carbonation, it just cuts through that perfectly, but again, doesn't overpower it and just brings everything to a whole other world. Nice. And I heard some reaction when she said the beer style. When you're judging in a blind situation, you know the style you're judging. That's appropriate that she said that. That is not against the rules. So we're okay. All right. I thought I was just getting the reaction because of the style. No, they got upset. They got upset because you shared information about it, but you didn't reveal the brand. You're all good. You're cool. Yes. Okay, so we're going to each give them another pass, another minute. Now that they've each had the taste, it's going to be a somewhat different presentation maybe. So 60 seconds, minute and a half, whatever, have at it. Why is your pairing the best? Okay, well done, everybody. But, <laughs> but I find with the beer that I picked, and I hope you... It looks like everyone's finished it, so there isn't much. That's a good sign. I know mine's gone. Uh, But, you know, I think the most important thing in life, as in brewing, as in anything, is harmony and balance. And Julia spoke about this earlier, that beer, if you understand it and look into it and learn to love it, you find that it's this wonderful alchemy, this balance between uh, living things, between grain, hops, yeast, water, uh, and to uh, to go back to what Eric was saying, that's really true of beer. There there's so much going on. It is a complex beverage. So I ask that when you taste this beer and taste it with the cheese, think of harmony. Think of uh, having this after dinner with dessert. And it's it's a strong beer. It's actually 7.5 percent these days. That doesn't sound so strong. There's beers now that are 10, 12, 14 percent. 7.5 is enough for me after dinner. Sometimes I want something that's, you know, not like as heavy as a port or, you know, uh, you know a strong, you know, overpowering flavor. I love all these other beers that, we're, that we've tried. I really think they're, they're excellent. But I find that they're a bit much for my palate, a bit, uh, a bit uh, too much flavor almost at the end of the meal when I want to have something a little bit as a curtain closer. And, uh, and that's all I'll say. Thanks so much. Well said. Eric. So uh, if I could, and I don't want to get into the bash mode here, but I, I just, it's this funny thought jumped into my mind. It's like when, Sal, you know, in, in Amadeus, when Salieri was speaking about Mozart's music, too many notes. <laughs> so <laughs> if you remember that, too many notes. Um, I, th- I think you, you can see, and I can hear on, on, the, t- on the table here, there, there are conflicting or different um, philosophies on how you pair. Do you pair to complement or do you pair to contrast? And, and I think that my approach, I've tried to do both. Within each pairing with the beer I chose, I'm constantly looking for both 
complementary flavors, roasted malt and chocolate, for example, and con- contrasting flavors where you've got the, the smokiness is contrasting and in, in changing the blue and, um, in, the, in the cheese and vice versa, how the, the, the alcohol in the beer is accentuating the heat in the chocolate, which is actually quite subtle at first. So they work together. They play together nicely, chocolate, malt, roasty, um, big big bodied beers with and, and alcohol with fatty cheeses they they tend to work very nicely together but they also alter each other and that's why we taste the beer first then we taste the food then you go back to the beer because you want to see how how they're working back and forth and for me that's the most interesting part of pairing is that they work in contrasting ways both complementing and contrasting so and I think that I brought I know I brought a very complex beer. Um, I'm very familiar with it because we were dealing with very complex foods, and I think you're seeing complementary pairings, you're seeing contrasting pairings, all going on at the same time. And intellectually, I think it's probably the most stimulating of all four of the choices. <laughs> but though no, I'm, I'm totally impressed with, with bringing these, these, these are that's some, some good tries right there. I mean, that's those are crazy, those are crazy pairings right there. And, and, um, and, you don't need to and, be playing your minute and a half, so. And, and more, more power to him. Okay, Greg. I didn't know that Greg was contagious. <laughs> I am catching, yes. Um, ni- nice, nice words. And if words are going to take the night, then you guys might have a chance. <laughs> Um, I do need a little crowd participation for this one. I'm going to tweet a picture. This is, uh, it says, Savor Beer and Chocolate and Blue Cheese Competition. I predict I'll win since the audience has great taste. <laughs> so I'm hitting the take photo button, and, uh, and, but I'm going to include myself in this because i got to be in this. Okay. Try and look lively. I mean, I need to see some, some actual vi- Raise your hands, yeah, people. Yeah. Raise your hands. Yeah, there you go. I just won money, by the way. We bet on how long it would take to Greg tweet. Use photo, yes. Oh, you guys look great, by the way. Okay, so that'll go as at Stone Greg, by the way. Um, You know, again, I got to compliment the pairings that have happened on either side of me because uh, truly, they do taste good and they do bring out some new flavors. The the Flanders Sour Brown works really interestingly with the cheese, but the uh, all the citrus notes in the chocolate and then the dark, the, the cherry, kind of sour cherry notes don't quite, I mean, would you put citrus with, with dark cherry? I don't think they quite work, but it's an interesting flavor profile. And, and I'm just talking openly about this. I'm not trying to curry favor or, or to bash. It just kind of, let's take a look at each one of these flavor profiles. The reason, and it, this was difficult, and I almost picked a different beer for my selection than the one I picked, and the beer that I almost picked was significantly different than this one. But ultimately, I thought that this opened up new worlds. The, this is a double IPA. The super hoppy, citrusy notes, again, really accentuate the blue cheese rather than sort of, um, what was that word? Squash. Squash. <laughs> rather than squashing it. And then with the, the citrusy notes that are in the chocolate, it just, it's just a complete melt right there. So that's why I picked it. 
And uh, I suspect that's probably why you're going to pick it as well. Although you all have your own particular personal reasons for choosing the, the pairing that I chose and why you like it the best, as do I. I imagine, right? Yes? Don't look into his eyes. <laughs> okay, Lauren. Uh, yeah, I'll have to echo that everybody's choices were great, but again, uh, I just wanted to accentuate the sort of do your own thing, try to find interesting new things, do what works for you. Um, obviously, you know, some of my panelists, their palate isn't as uh, advanced and appreciative of complex brews as mine, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, to each their own, and seriously, it, it's, um, I just really love combinations that bring each item to a whole nother level without sacrificing individual identities. Uh, you know, simultaneously, you just achieve a new dimension of food and beer, and it's just fantastic. So go out there and try to find your own zen. I mean, that's all it's all about. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any left? Take a little dollop of the blue cheese and put it on your chocolate. That's so wrong. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna we're gonna vote now. We're, I'm gonna make a uh, executive decision that this salon's gonna go five minutes long because we can do that, but not longer than that because we'll drive them crazy. We're going five <laughs> minutes long because right I know the time now. We have about two minutes left and we're supposed to be out of here. So what we're gonna do is vote. We're not doing this very scientifically. What we're gonna do is ask you to vote. Keep your hand up till we officially have counted it. We're gonna go in order. Sorry of um, how the beers were served. I apologize, everybody, for Christian's beer. Democratic process means we're going to see who you're voting for. Oh. No big deal. Oh. All right. Ouch. Don't let, don't close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. <laughs> you cannot see how many hands are going up in the room. Thank you for Christian's beer. Number two, close your eyes. Everybody for Eric's beers. Keep them closed. God, <laughs> leave them closed. <laughs> All right. That's a side of Julia I haven't seen before. <laughs> Yeah, trust me. Dad says, I have. Okay, I've got two counters going. And then when they feel like they've counted, you see, keep your eyes closed. If you've already voted, your eyes can be open. Otherwise, get them closed, okay? Okay, ready? Okay, on to the third beer. Greg's beer. Raise your hand if you're for it. Keep your eyes closed unless you voted. I want to tell you guys while we're counting, I'm in a moral conundrum about this. This shows the diversity and, and personality of beers out there in the U.S. today. These are all craft beers, and every single one of them is different than the other in so many ways. This is a very interesting study in, uh, in the personality of beer choices for pairing. Okay, and the last one, keep your eyes closed unless you voted. Oh, my God, we have a winner. I got some rebels out there, yeah! <laughs> what is wrong with you people? <laughs> I really, I thought you were going to get it right all this time. All right, I am now handing them their beers. Make sure you have your right beer panelists that have been chosen. And uh, reveal your brands, please. The beer, the beer that only two or maybe three of you are wise enough to pick is the amazing Allagash Black Belgian-style stout. Allagash Black. You know what I should have done? The panelists. 
The contest, they should have closed their eyes. So they didn't know how many people voted. But forget Yeah, I should have closed my eyes. That was painful. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'm out of here. All right, Eric, what's your beer? Well, since we were coming to, to Savor, I, I really wanted to bring something that we made. Um, and I, I thought about a bunch of different beers. And, but in the end, um, I, I brought... Um, Smoke Jumper, which is a smoked imperial porter that we hand smoke the malt on, and it's a it's a lovely every two year project that Roe, our our head brewer, who's out over the booth right now while I'm here screwing off, um, <laughs> puts his heart and soul into. And I think it's a gloriously complex beer, and I always buy a couple cases and stash it in my cellar every time we make it. That's, that's delicious, by the way. I really like that. Yeah, it's really it's a really tasty beer. Um, well, I'm trying to suppress my nature or my, my in- inclination to say, the hell with you guys. I'm going to. Just keep it to a minute. What was that? Just keep it to a minute, no matter what you do. Should I just hold up my... No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, yeah, let's tweet no. that, Greg, okay? Okay, so I did I did pick one of our own beers because it was a beer that I was very familiar with, and I've had the opportunity to, to, to uh, do tastings with the particular chocolate um, in this beer, and I like the... I personally... I'm one of the people, and a few people like the way it interplays. This is Stone Ruination IPA, our double IPA. Woo, great pairing. And... We, we serve commonly stone smoke porter and vanilla bean ice cream uh, in a stone smoke porter float at our restaurant uh, for dessert. And it works really, really well, but it's, again, more of a traditional pairing. Uh, this company, Chual, that makes the chocolate, they make a, uh, a gelato that's very, very similar to the flavor profile using a lot of the same ingredients. It's a spicy gelato with a lot of citrus in it. And it, when you make a float with the Stone Ruination IPA... Uh, to my palate, and you know who raised your hands, you're going to like this too. You're going to love it because when you we make a float out of uh, those two uh, items, that spicy gelato and the Stone Ruination IPA, it is heaven. Meanwhile, Christian's opening his beer. He's despondent. <laughs> right, and you can't yeah, okay. We're no dumbasses. <laughs> okay, listen. From the winner, two years in a row, Lauren! With Deschutes Dissident. Yeah, you guys had the privilege of having a really awesome beer. It's Deschutes the Dissident. Um, they are not serving it here tonight, but absolutely look for it. Go buy it wherever you find it. Buy it up. Deschutes, D-E-S-C-H-U-T-E-S. They have a table here. Go visit them. Tell them you loved this and try the other beers that they have because I guarantee you will be very satisfied. Deschutes Dissident. Dissident, and yes. That's sorry. from Oregon, by the way. A good yes. Yes. Christian's stopping around. Well Christian. Done. Christian's still trying. Okay, listen. In the back, we got giveaways. We mentioned Food and Wine Magazine for you. You're going to exit to the back. Wine Enthusiast Magazine, for the very first time, is now going to be rating beers. And it's going to be regular... Regular content. So what you're getting in the back is a historic issue. It's their first ever issue on rating the beers. So you're going to get that. And I, the DVD? Yeah, the DVD's in the back. 
And and I have a special uh, uh, fizzy yellow beer is for wussies sticker for everybody. Because <laughs> everybody should own one of those. How many DVDs do we have? One or 90? Oh, we got some. So. Hey, Greg, is that fizzy and kind of yellowish? Yeah. <laughs> oh! All right, a big hand to our contenders. Thank you. Thank you, judges. Cross-drinking crazy people and have fun. Be safe. Drink responsibly and get out of the room because we got to flip it for the next salon. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get-